Welcome to Positive Talk Radio. We're glad you're here. I'm Kevin McDonald, your host for this grand adventure, and I thank you for joining us. You see, our mission is to create a positive, personal connection to all things with courage and love. We invite terrific guests, interesting topics, and great conversation, all in a fun, entertaining way. And we always manage to learn something, too. So I hope you will stay right where you are for this episode of Positive Talk Radio. And welcome to Positive Talk Radio. It's the day before the American holiday of Thanksgiving. I hope everybody that is in the United States is going to have a great time. And I got to I gotta ask our guest because I just don't know. Uh, we're talking with Amanda Heal. She is, and I believe Heal is the right way to pronounce your last name. Is that correct? That's correct, yes. Oh, very nice. And she is from Down Under. She's from mm-hmm. the, a wonderful place, Down Under. And uh, that's my my lousy attempt at an Australian accent, by the way. It didn't go very well. But in any event. <laughs> that's all right. Sounded a bit Irish, actually, but that's okay. <laughs> I know. Well, with my last name, McDonald, it does it ends up being a little bit of that way. Um, but but in any any event, it's great to have you here, Amanda. And um, you've you've got a website, and you're a uh, motivational speaker, and you talk to people about what your life is like today, which it wasn't always the way it is today. And I want to talk about that to begin with, because you were a professional woman for a period of time. I was. And uh, at one point in time, you said to yourself, is this all there is? I think I can do more with myself. Tell us that story. Well, I had been working as a lawyer for 17 years, and the last seven I had drafted legislation, which is very specialised, And but I'd become a bit disillusioned with everything, and they were uh, downsizing, the, uh, or the whole government was downsizing and cutting lots of jobs, and I was one of those that was, that was cut, which was kind of good. It was terrible at the time because I thought a government job was a job for life. And so it was absolutely devastating at the time, but it actually pushed me to do something because I'd been, I'd sit in my job and I'd look at the government gazette and think, oh, should I apply for that one? Should I apply for that one? Oh, I don't know. Maybe I'm over-specialising. I'm just not very happy. What should I do? And, yeah, so my... Um, redundancy or being laid off as you call it was the best thing that ever happened to me because it forced my hand and forced me on a journey to discover my life's purpose. I would like to talk about that for just a minute because I truly believe that if you put out there that that you really want something better and you want something that you want to fulfill your life at one point in time you're going to say is this all there is? Is this am I am I destined to do this for the rest of my life? And suddenly fate god the angels whoever you want to call it seems to jump in and say nope we got a better way for you to go but sometimes it can be um like losing a job can 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 force your hand to do something that you didn't really if if you you weren't forced to do it you might not have done it but i'm glad that you did it because uh you are helping a lot of people to live their lives more authentically and in a, in a really real way. And that's got to make you feel good. 
Oh, it does. It does. That's it's what gets me up in the morning, literally. So, because I I know I'm doing what I've been called to do, and it makes me happy. It really does. I know. I know. I know it sounds very sort of cliche, I suppose, but it really does. It 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 makes me happy. It's what it's what makes me tick. It's, it's great. It's what gets you up in the morning and get and fills you with purpose. And uh, when when you have a positive impact on another human being, it makes it just a special day, doesn't it? Oh, it does. I mean, the first uh, I, I was doing some uh, coaching with a group of people, and one of them said, "Oh, this is this has changed my life," and it, it made me cry. It was <laughs> really quite uh, quite moving. So. Yeah. It's it's what's really fun about the the work that you do, and to some extent the work that I do, because mm-hmm. I can bring people like you uh, out there so that people can see you and can see uh, the difference that you're making in other people's lives, and uh, it's it really is em- empowering, and it's uh, really is a cool thing. So tell us about what it is that you are doing now to help uh, humanity and to help your fellow man. Well, I started off with coaching and writing and now I have pivoted into speaking. And so my aim is to speak to business leaders and their teams to help them overcome the uncertainty that we face in today's world. Because really we we face more uncertainty today than we ever have in our lifetimes. And that causes confusion and overwhelm and, and discouragement and ultimately loss of revenue and and so my aim is to speak to them and help them build their courage which is what I believe that everyone needs right now is is courage and loads of it how do you help them develop courage and develop a real game plan for what they want to do for their life because a lot of people are you know they they want change they want to do something more they want to do you know be special in some way or form but they don't know have any idea how to go about accomplishing that how do you teach them or or talk to them about accomplishing their goals and really living an authentic life well, what I do is I share stories from my life and from the lives of others as examples. And I have a five-step teaching framework and the acronym for it is FOCUS because as, as a blind person, I thought that FOCUS would be kind of a cool thing and my book's called Seeing by Vision, Not by Sight. So FOCUS, which stands for Feast Your Eyes on the Prize, Not the Problems, Optimise Your Goals for Outstanding outcomes, connect with your conviction for greater consistency, upgrade your courage for unbelievable results, and see your success by putting your courage into action. Now, have you been, have you been uh, uh, blind your whole life? I have, yes. I was, I was born at just 26 weeks, and I was... I was 10 inches long and I weighed one pound, nine ounces when I was born and I could actually lie across my father's hand. And they you gave were the, me you were the size of a puppy. I was. You were really itty bitty, teeny, teeny. I'm, I'm so glad you survived. 
Yeah, well, my, my twin sister didn't. I was born one of twins and my twin sister didn't survive. But I was the fighter. I was the one who tried to climb up the side of my humidity crib and tried to pull them, pull my tubes out and had to put little mittens on me and to stop me from doing that. And um, uh, so they... They gave me, unfortunately, they couldn't measure the oxygen very well back then and they gave me too much and that's what caused irreparable damage to my retinas, causing total blindness. And I, can, can we talk about that a little bit? About, sure. about because, because I find it extraordinary. Um, I mean, I'm a sighted person. I can't imagine not having my sight and being able to become a, for heaven's sakes, you became a lawyer, mm-hmm. um, and you you were able to study, and you were able to move move ahead. You didn't feel, well, of course, you were blind since birth, so that's all you knew. Is that is that correct? Cool? Yes, that's right. That's all I knew, but it wasn't easy. I mean, all my friends were out you know, drinking and <laughs> doing things that uni students do, and I was at home studying because it took me longer. And uh, I was invariably behind in my reading because back then I had to have everything read onto cassette tape. And so it would take weeks for volunteers and people like that to read things onto tape so I could then listen to them. So, um, and I used to listen back to lectures, to tape the lectures and listen back to them and take notes on my computer. So things took longer and when I was doing, when I was studying, I, I did a combined commerce law degree. So I did accounting as well. And Braille is so much bigger than uh, print, obviously. You can only fit 25 characters to a line. So I got extra time to do my exams because they used to, uh, the like a three or four columned uh, spreadsheet would run across three or four pages of Braille, which I'd have to fold out on the floor and kneel there with a ruler and line it all up and work out the answers so it wasn't easy but it was I think it's what gave me my I guess my courage and my strength and is you know what I share with others now to my understanding that when you lose one of your major senses like you lose your your uh, sight uh, does that enhance your other senses Technically, it doesn't enhance them, but you just use them more efficiently. So I'm always listening, even like subconsciously listening. So, you know, I can hear my dog breathing. I can hear um, something went beep at the other end, at your end a while back. And I heard that and thought, hmm, I wonder what that was. And, you know, so I'm always listening and using my. <laughs> I don't know what the hell that was. Just sounded like a notification of some kind. Um yeah, so yeah, so if if my hearing was tested against someone else of my age, it would probably be the same, but I'm just using it more efficiently. You are because you rely upon that and your touch your 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 sense of smell mm-hmm. and your sense of touch and balance and all that kind of thing, it it, it enhances all of that to compensate, mm-hmm. I would yeah. think. Which also means I get tired. Um, if I'm out, if I'm out, uh, one of my biggest, biggest fears was catching buses because I was afraid that I'd get lost. Absolutely terrified me, uh, to the point where a bus would go past and my heart would race. And so, but that's, I'm very happy to tell that story. But the reason I bring it up is that 
when I travel by bus, I'm listening, I'm concentrating, I'm counting the stops, I'm listening to the announcements, I'm and when I'm walking to the bus stop, I'm I'm using all my senses to to you know work out what's around me, where I am, because even though I use a guide dog, I still need to know where I'm going. Um and to to give her the right commands. And so I come back from a journey and I'm tired. So I have to um have to I guess regroup and and get my energy back before I can go and do something else. Now I was uh um I was a bus driver for twelve years. Oh fancy. And, and so and in Seattle mm-hmm. and uh it, it I was constantly amazed that the, uh, the ability of somebody that uh, would get on with a white cane, obviously they were blind and yet they could, they knew innately what stop to get off at. Mm-hmm. They could, they could actually, I asked one, one gentleman one time, I said, how do you know? And he said, well, I know when you're going up a hill, mm-hmm. I know when you're going down a hill, I know when you're turning left, I know when you're yeah. turning right. Mm-hmm. And I count the number of lefts and rights before I get to my next stop. And it's like, that is just remarkable because we, us, us lazy uh, people that have sight. And I use that um, uh, sparingly, but, but it's true. We, we don't think about um, things as, uh, as deeply as Mm. we could. We allow uh, our environment. We don't look at stuff. We don't, we don't, Mm. we're not real, real, interested in that because it's so easy for us but when you take that one of those away you really have to focus in you do and now there's iphone apps so i've got an app on my phone called move it and so i type in at the beginning where i'm where i am and where i want to go and it tells me how many stops are left and it gives me three warnings so i know when to get off the bus and sometimes if i'm super tired if i've done a presentation um or something like that I ask the driver, can you tell me when, you know, when I have to get off? And most of the time they do. In fact, ironically, I actually train bus drivers now. I call them my baby bus drivers because they're (laughs) learning to be bus drivers. And so I train my baby bus drivers on how to make travel more accessible for blind people. Yes. And there there was, um, in some cases, uh, when there are people that are blind and deaf, um, they hold out their hand. Mm. And you and you write into their hand mm. um, what the stop number is, mm. uh, what they're trying to do, or they and that kind of thing. So mm. um, I'm I'm, but I'm real pleased that technology has caught up to where you now can be very very independent mm. and not have to rely upon uh, the kindness of other people or their professionalism. In a mm. bus driver's world, it's professionalism because in this country we have the ADA. Which mm. is the, uh, um, the how we're supposed to the, live the uh, the Disabilities Act, the American Disabilities mm. Act, and we're supposed to be able to be trained to do that kind of thing. But a lot of us don't necessarily want to follow through with that, you know, mm. and, and take care of folks. I'm glad that yeah, I'm sure in Australia they're much better uh, equipped than we are. Not all of them. Not all of them. We have a Disability Discrimination Act as well, um, but. I can I can confidently say that Canberra's bus drivers are very well trained <laughs> because I have, I have a hand in it. So they're well trained and they're they're most of them are really really good. In fact, I mean I I, I shouldn't say just Canberra's. I mean there are uh, the Guide Dogs New South Wales ICT runs training programs all over New South Wales. Um, but yeah, 
So I'm, I'm very grateful that we have well-trained bus drivers in Canberra. Makes my job much easier. Indeed, indeed. Now, when you were a little girl, I have to ask you, um, I assume your, your parents were very supportive. Yes. Um, of you. And, and I don't, I mean, I didn't know that, but I kind of assumed that they would need to be for you to be able to accomplish everything that you've accomplished in life. But was there a time when you were an adolescent and, and the other kids were off playing and doing and jumping and all, doing all the stuff that they were doing that, that you felt kind of left out and, and uh, what motivated you to be able to, to do all the things that you've done to become a lawyer? I, that's just remarkable to me. Thank you so much. You ask such good questions. Um, <laughs> I, I was I was a, a hated sport because I was bad at it. And when they forced me to do it, I was bad at it. And I really did feel left out when they were playing things like badminton. I was always fascinated by badminton. And I because they hit that cute little shuttlecock around and it was just it sounded so much fun and yeah anyway um so that was certainly a, a time I felt left out and and I also um teenagers can be cruel and oh, yeah. uh so I didn't have many friends in high school but what I used to do is you know being being an only child being you know having to know how to sort of amuse myself a lot uh, I would sit in the corridor at lunchtime and I would read my books read my textbooks and so that actually helped me in my studies and I actually wanted to be a physiotherapist or a physical therapist as you call it in the US and so I couldn't get into the regular physiotherapy schools because they threw up their hands and went, oh, good grief, you're a blind person. How can we possibly train you? That was pre-disability discrimination legislation. So I had to go to London to the North London School of Physiotherapy and that didn't work out. They realised I had what was called spatial awareness problems, which is in simple terms, I never carry bowls of soup or trays or anything like that because I have trouble holding them level and I do sometimes get disorientated in large open spaces. So they said, oh, no, 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 go back and do something more academic. So I'm sitting in my aunt's lounge room in London crying my eyes out going, I just wanted to be a physio and what can I do now? And she said, you've got a good brain. Why don't you study law? So I did. I can tell you that I know a bunch of people that can't carry that are, are, are sighted people that can't carry soup on a, on a tray either. <laughs> yeah. That's so, so that's that, that they, they lack the spatial awareness and they've got sight. So, you know, I, I, I think what, what you've done. And so you decided that, you know, being a lawyer would be a, a, a good thing. Yeah. And, so, so you worked, how long did it take you to get through law school? Uh, seven years because I did, uh, as I said, a combined commerce law degree. I actually didn't have the marks to get into law to start off with. So I got into commerce because I knew it had something to do with numbers and I liked maths. I was always very good at maths at school. And I thought to be a mathematician, what could I do with that? Maybe just be a teacher. So I, th I thought commerce, accounting, that would be all right. So started studying that. And then in my second year of commerce, I did an introductory business law unit and absolutely loved it and, and went to the dean of the law school and said, oh, please, can I transfer to, into law? I'm getting a credit average in commerce. And he said, oh, look, we don't like people doing just 
straight law degrees. Why don't you do a combined degree? Normally takes five years, but I did it in seven uh, because I would do one less subject each semester. And yes, it took me seven years to get the combined commerce law degree and I ended up graduating with law in honours. Honours in law, I'm sorry. Honours in law. (laughs) Goodness me. Well, you so you had you, you graduated with honors, mm-hmm. um, basically, and and uh, and then then you went to work as a lawyer with the government for seventeen mm-hmm. years. Yep. And 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 I know that that at one point they were downsizing, as it were. Mm-hmm. And you called it another term. What was the term that you used? Uh, I was I took a redundancy, which is like a severance package. Oh, so redundancy, seeing in. in in our in in here, that redundancy means a duplicate kind of thing. Yeah. What is, well, is it, it? it's it does here too. It means you're you're excess to requirements. They don't need you anymore, so you're made redundant. Oh, that's it's that, very literal. That, that sucks. Yeah, <laughs> it is actually. It's it's pretty bad. It makes you feel really unwanted <laughs> and and it's awful. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm redundant. I'm not worth yeah. anything. Mm-hmm. That's, that's exactly how it felt. Yes. Oh, I don't blame. That's horrible. <laughs> yes. So, but you know what? You decided that you weren't going to be redundant, mm-hmm. and that you were going to be very special. And uh, and so now you are speaking, and you are doing motivational speaking, mm-hmm. and you're doing, and you've got a wonderful website. I love the Great. website, which is called Purpose Vision Future. Um, and it's about you and what you what you're doing with your with yourself and uh, and helping people. And it's, as an example, does your life lack meaning or significance? You can really lead a meaningful and fulfilling life. There's a uh, I, I have to I have to tell you there's a uh, um, a little saying that I use, and it it shocks people if they haven't heard it before. And it's like uh, I will tell somebody, you know. When you woke up today, your life was empty and meaningless. And they're like, what, what do you mean my life is empty and meaningless? I've got I've got meeting. I'm special. And I said, no, you don't understand. When you wake up this morning, your life is empty until you fill it up with whatever you like. And it's meaningless until you assign meaning to it. Oh, amen to that. I like that. That's great. So assign the best meaning that you can and fill it up with whatever you want and the sky's the limit. And you you are a living, honest-to-goodness proof of that, Amanda. Thank you. I like to say to people, if they're not living out their purpose, they're just marking time until they die. And, you know, um, one of the things that uh, I've talked to people in hospice in this country and, and uh, people that are near, near their death and, and to a person, it isn't about the money they made. It isn't about the uh, mark they, they left. It's, but it's about, did they fulfill their purpose? Were Absolutely. they there for their kids? Did they, did they really do everything that they wanted to do? Whether or not you made money at it was not the point. No, did you, did you do what, what your soul called you to do? And most people say, no, I, I didn't. Oh, that's really sad. It really that is. There must be some tough conversations. My income's halved, more than halved, and I'm happier than I've ever been. Oh, congratulations. I think that we need to get your income back to where it belongs. <laughs> oh, yes, please. <laughs> some paid speaking work would be really good. COVID, I, I decided to pivot into speaking just before COVID hit. 
And it. so it kind of really didn't happen, which is why I uh, wrote my uh, second book, which is underneath. Which, the name oh, of the book, that book is? Seeing by Vision, Not by Sight, How to Discover Your Life's Purpose and Put It Into Action. And I hope I'm not holding it upside down. I shouldn't be. Nope, you're holding it right, but if you can move it slightly to your right. Perfect, right there, right there. Seeing by vision, not by sight. That that is that is one. How's it, how? When did you uh, uh, finish that book? I launched it in March this year. How's it doing? Uh it's. I haven't really pushed it that hard because I'm I'm working on getting my speaking career up and going. But yeah, it's 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 selling. It's selling. Yeah, I I usually sell a reasonable amount of copies when I speak. Yeah. Oh, very nice, very nice. And when you speak, what what exactly are you um, talking about? What are you telling them? Well, I talk of I use I tell stories in within my my five step teaching framework, which I outlined before. So, I talk about overcoming fear. I talk about uh, you know. So I, I I'll tell the story about how I was terrified of catching buses, and how I hadn't caught one for twenty years, and then. Uh, I'm offered, I'm, I get offered a job as a public relations speaker for Guide Dogs New South Wales and ACT just after I finish my speaking training. And it's like, oh, yay, I can do this. This is, this is, I'll be able to improve on my speaking skills and it'll be great. Uh, but, oh, then I have to catch buses. That all that's so that <laughs> I just about nearly threw up in the interviewer's lap when she told me that. Um, but then I realized that I had to, I just finished reading John C. Maxwell's book everyone communicates for you connect and in his book he says you have to to be a good communicator you have to be authentic and I thought well gosh I can't stand up in front of a crowd of people and and talk about independence if I'm being driven everywhere so I did undertook two weeks intensive training and I I learned how to catch buses again and so I talk about that I talk about uh, setting goals and meaningful goals and breaking them down into bite-sized pieces and how that builds courage. I talk about uh, conviction. I talk about how your how your passion, how your purpose, it drives you to 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 do what what you know you need to do. Uh, I talk about how building courage is like building a muscle. You have to because uh, I I used to actually do deadlifting. I used to. In the days when I was young and a little slimmer, I used to be able to lift almost twice my body weight, 1.5 times my body weight. Wow. Um, 100, 100 kilos, that's 2.2, 200, no, 2.2 2 pounds to the kilo, 220 pounds I used to be able to lift. Wow. Um, and uh, can't lift that now because uh, <laughs> I haven't done it for a while. But I had to build up those muscles. And once I built them up, built them up, I had to keep them strong so I could keep lifting. And uh, so courage is the same. You have to – it's like a muscle. You, you build it up and then you have to keep it strong uh, or it kind of wastes away. And then I, 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 then I end up with telling a lovely story about how I wanted to travel to Vegas. Because before, between uh, becoming a John C. Maxwell speaker, trainer, and coach, and losing my legal job, I sold skincare through a network marketing company, and they had a conference. And uh, I 
wanted to go to the conference and all the other people who were going from Australia were taking holidays with their families and sort of leaving early and coming back late and I couldn't afford to do that. So I just had to go and, you know, come back straight back. So I had to travel on my own. So that terrified me because it's like, gosh, you know, if I get lost between here and Vegas, this could be really bad. <laughs> so, um, but, you know, organised it all and with the travel agents in the airports and everyone was lovely and I got there and went to the conference and it was great. And then on the day that I was meant to come back, I was meant to meet up with another uh, skincare consultant, but she came up with a better offer. Young yeah. young girl, she was she was you know good twenty years younger than me, and she was invited to a party at an, at, a, at another yeah. another hotel. So off she went, and um, I I don't blame her to be honest. And to cut a very long story short. I was sitting in the VIP lounge of the MGM Grand because they felt sorry for me. They had six hours to wait. And I ended up meeting the CEO of the skincare company and <laughs> who came and saw the logo on my bag and I met her and said, oh, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh, it's Kay. Oh, wow. And um, she said, oh, and I said, oh, well, hey, meeting you makes the next, will make the next six hours worth it sitting here in the lounge. And she said, have you eaten? I went, no. I'll organise something, she said, and we'll put it on the company account. So the next minute I get tapped on the shoulder by the head butler of the MGM Grand. <laughs> he takes me up to the Sky Lounge, which is the penthouse of the MGM Grand where all the famous people go, and gives me lunch and treats me like a princess for the afternoon. And to top it all off, he said, uh, oh, how are you getting to the airport? And I said, oh, I was just going to call a cab. He said, oh, that's okay. You can go in one of our cars. And so I, we get down the bottom of the MGM Grand again, and I'm not even allowed to touch my luggage. That goes in a separate elevator with the, with the, uh, the hotel manager, not just the, the bellboy, but the hotel manager. And uh, out the back of the MGM Grand is a Rolls Royce. <laughs> they put me on Rolls Royce and I rode to the airport with the butler and it was just amazing. And the reason I tell that story is if I'd taken the easy option and just asked for a late checkout and sat in my room, I wouldn't have had that experience. But instead I took the brave option, went downstairs, faced the possibility of sitting in a lounge on my own for six hours and ended up being treated like a princess for the afternoon. And do you think that perhaps that that was predestined to happen for you? Did you get a, did you feel like you got a message in, in like your mind that said, wake up and, and be courageous and go do this thing. And then yes. this is the result. Yes. Another place where I tell that story is if, if I ever have to talk about attitude. And, and so I, I used to call that story an attitude of gratitude attracts, you know, positive things. Not that I'm into the law of attraction, but yes, I, I definitely did believe that that was sort of, that was destined for me. So that was really cool. Something I'll never forget. Absolutely. Well, you know, and I, I, I'll tell you, I, I believe in the law of attraction with a twist. Mm -hmm. And that twist is you set your intentions, you decide what it is that you want to do, what you want to be passionate about, and then you work your rear end off to get it done. Absolutely. You know, and like like what you've done is you've worked very hard to to get where you're you're at. That is, by the way, an absolutely wonderful story, and uh, it it it's it pulls at your heart, mm -hmm. and that that is you know it is so cool 
that number one that that happened to you. Now, was that Mary Kay? Is that was was this? No, no, it was Arbon. Uh, oh. Her name was the 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 then CEO was Kay Napier. Oh so. wow! Hmm. And and so, so that was that was a big deal because in those conventions. Um, and the reason that you got all of that was because she had just spent a tremendous amount of money in that hotel, mm. uh, booking the because uh, uh, everybody came there and stayed, and and uh, she booked the, the ballroom, and they had a great yeah. uh, great deal, and so so they she she was somebody of note, and I'm glad that she was she turned out to be everything that you you hoped that she would be. Oh, she she is a a, a lovely lovely woman. Yeah. And it, you know, and there are there are lots and lots of people that that uh, are lovely people, and mm. and uh, we don't get to meet all of them. But, mm. but you know, I, I I think it's really terrific what you're doing, and and Thank being you. being a positive motivational speaker and getting out there. Now that takes for you, for anybody really, because a lot of people have trouble uh, standing up in front of anybody and talking. But for you, it must be really, it must have been a real courageous thing for you to do, to stand up in front of a bunch of people and, and to talk. Uh, Actually, really, it's do. not. I can oh, talk really? underwater. I can talk underwater. I've tried it. And I, I, I think that's why I know that I'm called to be a speaker because whether it's 30 people, whether it's 300 whether it's, you know, potentially 3,000, bring it on. Um, <laughs> I, <coughs> excuse me. Speaking in front of a crowd doesn't scare me at all. Well, I find it easy, easy. I mean, it's hard to do it well, yes, but but it's it's easy. I, I'm not afraid of speaking in front of people, not at all. Well, and I will tell you this, that in looking at you and looking at your face, your smiling face, you would, I would, I would listen to you all day long. Oh, thank you. Because <laughs> that it is really, it is really awesome what you what you're doing and what you're accomplishing. And uh, tell us and everybody about focus one more times, and then how can we how can we get in touch with you? Okay, focus stands for feast your eyes on the prize, not the problem. Optimize your goals for outstanding outcomes. Connect with your conviction for greater consistency. Upgrade your courage for unbelievable results. And finally, see your success by putting your courage into action. And my, you can contact me by going to purposevisionfuture.com or amandaheal.com.au uh, and all my contact details are there. And if you would like to book me to speak or if you would like to buy my book, they're both available on those either of those sites and the name of the uh, website again is purpose vision future.com and uh, go there and find out all about the the work that she's doing now i can't believe that you don't have a plan i'm sure you do what is your plan what are you going to do next what am i going to do next uh i my my a hundred percent focus is getting paid speaking work at the moment. So I am getting my speaker website up and running. I've just had my showreel filmed, which is the speaker's advertising video. I've got all that's kind of sitting in the staging thing, waiting to for me to press the button and make it go live. 
And then I'm going to work with an agent to run a sales campaign to get my first pay, three paid speaking gigs. That's Are you familiar? The next few months. Ab- that's that's a great short term goal. Are you familiar with the? Uh, in this country, they're called TED Talks. Yes, I would love to do a TED Talk. That would be very cool. I think that you should. And uh, when your publicist gets up and running, uh, to let them know about the, the TED Talks because you would be tailor-made to be a a speaker uh with that and that by oh, the way adds tremendous amounts to your resume thank you so much that's i that's that's really really made my day that you you feel i'm worthy of a ted talk thank you oh are you are you are you friggin' kidding me <laughs> you 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 are excuse the expression but you you you're one ballsy lady i gotta tell you you, you are tough <laughs> Thank and, you. And you you are have a gift and you make and you've got energy that is that is just awesome. And you are you are destined, I believe that you're destined for great things, both as a writer and an author and also as a speaker. And because people are look people are gonna look at you and say, I want what she's got. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> my my long term goal is to write a book about courage. I was going to write a book about courage last year and then a book coach said to me, don't write a book about courage, rewrite your first book. So my little 83-page paperback first book, which I published in 2018, was then turned into the 250-page hardcover, which you saw. Um, but now I'm, I'm, I would like to write a book about courage. I think that would be that would be really cool. And, and the third book that you need to write a book is you need to write, well, you don't need to do anything, but I would suggest that uh, how to eliminate fear in your life. Ooh, yes, because absolutely. You, fear is something that paralyzes people. It does. And if you can't get past the fear, then you're not going to achieve your goals. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's very true. That's so it's, very true. You know, that's one of the one of the slogans I use is uh, um, on one of the shows I do is called Independence Report. And that's because we're mm-hmm. declaring our freedom from hate, division and fear. And uh, it is it really is. And, and if you're going to accomplish anything in life, I, I believe that that you need to believe in who you are and to do the best things, to be kind to people and to take care of other people and, and, to, and to work with folks and, and uh, get rid of the fear of mm. uh, that you can, do, you can do anything mm. if you set your mind to it. And you're, mm-hmm. you're living proof of that. Thank you. I'm, I'm, still, I'm still stuck with the fact that you became an attorney. Uh, <laughs> yes. That's hard to do. It is. You know, so and you you did really well. Are your parents still with us? Uh, my father is not. My mother still is. Yes, she's eighty nine. She's amazing. She's she's eighty nine and she's still fit and healthy and, uh, you know, got a really sharp mind and and yeah, she's amazing. She must be really proud of you. Yeah, I think so. I think so. <laughs> was- I call him my voice of reason. My mum is my voice of reason. I get all excited about things and I jump into things, boots and all. And mum goes, hey, hang on a sec. Will that earn you income? Will that, you know, will that really do you as much good as you think it will? Or, you know, so she's, I used to call her my handbrake in the nicest possible way, but now I call her my voice of reason. 
and I and we all have a voice of reason somewhere in there, but uh, I'm I'm also going to tell you to follow your passion. And, yes, uh, absolutely. You know, and not not to when somebody says no, you can't do that, or no, don't do that, or that's not the right thing to do. But you feel confident and passionate about it. Follow your heart. Follow mm-hmm. your passion. Not follow your head. Mm-hmm. That's, that's my philosophy, anyway. It's true. Yep. That's one of that's one of the uh, three steps in discovering your life's purpose. Examine your past, examine your present, and examine your passions and dreams. And then you'll find the themes which point you towards your life's purpose. Exactly. Exactly. Now, who wrote that? Me. Oh, you <laughs> there you are. There you it's are. That is... <laughs> yeah. Say that again. That is so true. Say it again. Uh, to discover your life's purpose, you first examine your present, you examine your past, and then you examine your passions and dreams. And there you will see themes which point you towards your life's purpose. That's 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 very because your life purpose, you like to speak in front of people and you like yeah. to help people. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I, th- I think that uh, you're picking the exact right thing that you should be doing. And I can see you in front of 3000 people. Bring it on. Bring it on. I would love to be on that stage in Vegas in the Garden Arena in front of 16,500 skincare consultants. There you go. That would be amazing. There you go. Are you still doing the uh, network marketing thing? No. No, no. Ah. No, uh, that was that was a very good good uh, stepping stone. I learned a lot a lot of things there about myself and about other people and about leadership. And that's where I discovered John Maxwell, who um, I absolutely adore. His teaching is just amazing. Uh, but no, that's not what I was meant to do. I, I'm meant to inspire and encourage others, not sell them stuff. I have a quick story about that that uh, oh. I've shared before, but uh, it 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 bears repeating. But this is a a, a moment of life, uh, not not just about network marketing, but because you did that, you understand where when I say this, what I'm where I'm coming from. I was involved in a network marketing program, and of course, I'm I'm gullible. I I joined Amway three times, mm-hmm. and I never <laughs> never made a nickel. Um, and, but, but so I joined them, but I joined this other company and I was determined, I was doing radio at the time and I was determined to, to, uh, make this work. And so me and, and five other people, um, got together with a coach and he was, his name was Kirk. He he lived in Vegas as a matter of fact. And uh, so he would uh, coach us every day. And he'd say, you gotta go do this. Gotta go do that. Gotta go talk to these people. Gotta go talk to that. And, uh, and uh, we were all sitting there going, golly, this is so hard. This is, this is difficult. I don't know that we can do this. Is, it's hard to do this. Mm-hmm. And um, we all had this attitude. And then one day, one of the gals came in and uh, she said, you know what? We've got it all wrong. This is easy. I can do this. This is no problem at all. I can do this. And we all were saying, oh, yeah, that's you, but it's hard. We think it's really hard. And um, she ended up today, she is a multimillionaire in that company. Wow. All no, some of- people are just cut out for that. They they really are. Well, yep. but what she did as, as an overall theme was she decided that whatever it is that she was going to do, rather than it being hard and difficult and and you're not you know and it's going to be uh difficult to achieve success she took the attitude well it's easy Hmm. i can do this just like you are i can do this 
You can speak. You can speak in front of 16,000 people. Mm-hmm. You can you can do all that because it's going to be easy for you. You mm-hmm. are a dynamic individual. You and you've got a great soul and a great energy to you. And I applaud you for what you're doing. You're just awesome. Thank you so much. But that's just me. <laughs> and you're awesome too. I, I I like you. I'm enjoying this interview very very much. I'm so glad we didn't have to postpone. It's it's. I think our, our minds work in a similar way. Well, you know, I, I I am, and I I appreciate you and and your willingness to rebook and figure out and go from the here and there and and. But we got together, and I and uh, you you're just delightful. You just really are. <laughs> And uh, Thanks, likewise, and and I'm I'm looking forward to working with you in the future. If there is anything ever that I can do for you to uh, to promote you or to help you, and just let me know. As a matter of fact, I'm gonna I would like to invite you back onto the show uh, oh, if you'd thanks. like to come back. I'd love to. I'd love to talk to you some more. I love chatting with you. It's great. Well, awesome. I I really I really enjoy enjoy chatting with you, and you've got such you've got such power behind you that, and quite frankly, Amanda, you don't know how powerful you are yet, but you will. Thank you. And you, you've got a sense of it. Um, but you are going to be very, very powerful and you're going to, and you're going to be standing in front of a lot of people, helping people understand that they can do it. They can do it. You you got to do is do it and you can do it. So, (laughs) You get better with that accent. (laughs) (laughs) I'm working on it. I'm working on it. Amanda Neal has been our guest, and uh, she is awesome. Go to her website again, Amanda. It is PurposeVisionFuture.com. PurposeVisionFuture.com. Go there. And uh, by the way, and if you want to hire Amanda to come speak in front of your group, how do they do that? Go to purposevisionfuture.com and and contact me. Very good. Very good. And uh, you are going to be paid, and you're going to be paid quite handsomely. Oh, gosh. Yes. Thank you. Bring it on. <laughs> <laughs> that, that is, it's just phenomenal. So, uh, Amanda Heal. Now, this is a time of the show. It's, we're coming to the end. And I want to give you the opportunity to tell our audience anything that's on your heart, anything that you'd like them to know about you or about anything in the world go ahead gosh uh well if you're facing a challenge that seems to be insurmountable you've got this you can do it all we need to do is dig down deep and find the courage which i know is inside you and you'll be able to face that challenge and overcome it. You may not have faith in you, but I have faith in you. So go face your challenge and overcome it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I want to thank you. You've actually, you know, um, you've helped me during this interview. Really? How so? Um, because I believe that you have got courage beyond measure and, uh, you, you understand and, and, if you if you can do what you've done, I'm not I'm not going to become a lawyer. I'm not that smart. But if you can do what you've done, I I can do this and and make it work, um, and and have it be as big as I choose for it to be. Absolutely fantastic! Love it. 
And that's Love because it. of what you, you, you're continuing to, to, uh, provide that for folks. And I, I just, I thank you so much. Um, and if, if somebody wants to buy your book again, can they go to Amazon to get it? They can, it is on Amazon. Uh, but you can also get it from my website. Uh, oh, buy, buy it from her website. She gets the whole, uh, the whole amount. If you do yeah. that. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> uh, and yes, so, so it's, it's on Amazon. It's on my website. You can buy it in, in all good bookstores. They can order it in for you. It's on Apple books. And one day when spring goes away and actually I don't have a croaky voice this morning, but when, when spring goes away and my croaky voice goes away for good, uh, I will read it onto, onto audible.com as well. Oh, how many pages is it? 250. 250. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, we need, we need to talk. Yeah. Cool. Uh, one of the things that I've done in the past is I do voiceovers. You have a nice voice for voiceovers. Hmm. That's why you're in radio. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I got into radio before I figured out that I had a nice voice for voiceovers. So it, ah. who, knew? who knew? It was just uh, all, all by uh, a magical design. And one of these days I'll have to tell my complete story because it is pretty magical. Um, I would love to hear that. It's got its ups and downs. And mm. I appeared in my life with like a bad country music song. You know what that is? Yes. <laughs> you should write a book. Uh, people tell me that. And I, and I, may, I may, but I talk better than I write is, is the thing. So, but I, yeah, yeah. I can talk into now. Do, do you use uh, um, um, automated software that you can talk into it to write, to write what your thoughts are? Sometimes I do. Sometimes I use Siri to dictate short messages and things like that. But I learned to touch type when I was seven. And so now I'm 51, so I've been touch typing for many years. And so I use voiceover on a Mac, which reads the, uh, reads the screen. And so I type away frantically and, and uh, yep. So I use voiceover on a Mac and also on my iPhone. I'm an Apple girl through and through. Uh, perfect. Now, do you, so you mean you can type with more than two fingers? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. Yep. So yep. you are talented. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm still a two finger typist oh. on, my, on my keyboard. So in any event, Amanda, thank you so much. Uh, Amanda Heal has been our guest. The name of your book is again. Seeing by vision, not by sight. Seeing by vision, not by sight, because she's got a vision for her all of you and she can and she can help you reach your vision with courage and love and uh, you are just awesome so uh, thank you amanda and uh i i sadly i have to leave but but we're gonna have you back again okay oh thank you so much it's been an absolute pleasure so you you wait right there and i'll be right back Hey, and thanks for listening to this episode all the way to the end. Hey, pretty cool. Hey, don't forget to follow us so you can receive regular updates and new posts. And remember, take care of each other because each other's all we've got. See you next time on My Independence Report.